0: Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader, insurance agency owner and insurance evangelist for iProtect Insurance and Financial Services, based out of Huntsville, Alabama. And before we get started on today's episode, please help me welcome, he is a six foot three sophomore from Sarah Land, Alabama, parade first team All-American rivals, five-star recruit. He is a fantastic insurance agent and the agency owner. Of Portal Insurance in Mobile, Alabama. Please stand and welcome the incomparable Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? I'm great, Scott. How are you today? I am doing the best I have ever been. I'm excited to be here today. Guys, we have got a bang up show for you today, and I hope you'll stick around and listen to all of it because it's a topic we have not discussed yet. I always get excited when Bradley books a guest to talk about something we have not yet discussed. And today we are honored to have a guest on that is going to do just that. So, before we get started, though, let me talk a little bit about the mission of this podcast. The mission of this podcast is to help you, insurance agents, in any way we can. We want to cover different topics each week. And as Bradley and I like to talk about all the time, we want to give you two or three things that you can turn off the radio. And go implement in your in your agencies. Rewards come from action, not discussion. Your challenge today for me. Move the ball one step forward to greatness. Oh, I just came up with that, Bradley. I may have to put that's that on a t shirt. Oh gosh,
1: that's good. Yeah. Guys, I
0: may have to put that on a t shirt. That is just too good. I don't even know what I just said. It just came out. <laughs> Move the ball one step closer to greatness. Yeah, I'm definitely putting that on a t shirt. <laughs> so, um, guys, before I want to go ahead and introduce our guest, You can
1: get guests. that at www.movetheballonestepforwardtogreatness.com.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Um, guys, let me go ahead and introduce our slash guest. rocket fuel. <laughs> Let me, let me introduce our guest today, and we'll go ahead and get started. She is originally from Rochester, New York. She currently lives in uptown Dallas, Texas. She studied at Rockport State University and has a degree in marketing and public relations. And at 18 years old, gosh, I love this so much, at 18 years old, started working for State Farm, I believe, in Rochester. And since that time has moved over and has started Uptown Marketing in March of 2019 to provide insurance agents with industry-leading digital marketing services. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my profound honor to introduce to the Insurance Guys podcast for the first time, Miss Martina Brugnoni. How are you, Martina?
2: Hi, guys. I'm good. I'm so excited to be on here.
1: I am more excited than you are. How about that? <laughs> Hey, by the way, move the ball one step is available on GoDaddy for eleven ninety
0: nine. There you go, guys. There you go. Another another one of Scott's uh, hobbies is collecting URLs. So I may have to get, I may have to fire down on that today. I tried to buy I do the, the same inter-
2: thing.
1: Do you, do you really? I, I do. I, I,
2: I get random ones sometimes. just what to I, have
1: them. What I like to do is I like to buy my competitions domains. Oh my gosh. <laughs>
0: Oh my uh, gosh.
1: Scott is the owner of the dot com and mm-hmm. I tried to buy it off of him yesterday. Yeah, like, he, he about he, come out <laughs> came across the table like, Don't you think you're gonna pull the wool over my eyes? He goes, uh, uh,
0: Martina, let me tell you how he did it. Bradley's the king of this. He's sitting there drinking some water. He looks at me, just just very nonchalant. Almost like almost like that. You know that somebody'll say something to you kinda oh by the way. He goes, uh, hey man uh-huh. He goes, Hey man, you doing anything with that insuranceuber.com dot com thing you got? I'm like <laughs>
1: Uh well not right well you you want to sell it I'm like no no see my, what well, my thought process was is and I shouldn't have said you want to sell it my thought process was is we could do something together with mm. it as in oh. you know have like <laughs> like a third party so he didn't you know. he didn't he didn't pitch it like this yesterday yeah you yeah, didn't pitch
2: it hey, right you
0: want you, want, you want
1: sell well, it? well the, during the process my thought was like well he may want to sell like you know you know, I don't know, you know? Martina.
0: <laughs> Martina, I am proud to have you on this show today. Here's what I want to do.
1: Thank you. I
0: want you to climb in the passenger seat of my DeLorean, and I want you to go back in time for me, and let's talk about how you got started in the insurance industry space with State Farm, and then bring us up to today and tell us how you got to started running a uh, an advertising uh, firm agency as well. All right. Let's
2: do it. So – I've always been exposed to insurance. My dad was, or he still is. And honestly, I, to this day, don't know his exact job title. We used to call him a claims officer, which is obviously not a job, but um, he was a regional something in um, auto claims for State Farm. So we used to go like, bring your daughter to work day. We were always in the office with all like the claims adjusters and, and whatnot. So when I was 18, for whatever reason, I think I just wanted to be in an office. So I remember asking him, like, I want to work for one of his good friends. Was a State Farm agent, Chris, um, in Rochester. So I remember it was like the end of my freshman year of college, or maybe it was beginning of my freshman year, whatever it was. But I was pretty much like, I'm gonna call Chris and ask him for a job, and he's like, All right, go ahead. Um, so I did, and he he let me work basically on and off throughout my entire college time. Um, I would, you know, go on breaks. There were some time frames where, like, if my class schedule was right, I would work during the day. So I did that um, until I was about a year or two after college did that. And when I was there, I did a lot of obviously sales, customer service, but I did a lot of like the marketing side of it because. You know, social media was just getting to be big at that time. That makes me feel really old to say, but it was. Um, and it was just becoming more common for businesses to start to use Facebook. So I remember creating the agency page and I would do all our posts and then we did Twitter. You know, back then it was what not... Year was this? God, this was 2009.
1: Do you remember... I, Gary Vaynerchuk said <laughs> something the other day about... And it, and it hit me when he said, like, do you remember back then having to convince companies to have a business Facebook page, like now it's become, it's it's just like having a Google business. It's like the same thing. But I remember talking to other insurance agents and having to convince them to have a business page for their Facebook. And it's funny how things evolve like that. Now it's Instagram and TikTok and Snapchat and all that, you know?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny you say that because, Believe it or not, there are still times where we have to convince somebody that it's important to have a business Facebook page. Just very old school agents, you Mm. know, that have never done it before, don't understand the value in it yet. Well, and I think it's probably
1: shifted too from, you know. I think most people who don't have a business Facebook page per se know they should get one, but it's either A, maybe they're worried about compliance, or B, they're just scared to jump off that cliff. I think now we're in a point to where they know they need it, but they're just... They maybe don't know how to get about it. It's just it's, there's a fear factor to that. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's like confused mind never buys type of thing. They don't right, know enough right. about it to make a jump on it. Ooh,
1: I got I to write that down. I got to write that down. Confused, yeah, write that one down. www.confusedmindneverbuys.com
2: <laughs> Let's get that one too. <laughs> never
1: buy. All right, go ahead. It's funny because they're long. <laughs> like,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> go ahead.
2: Me? Yeah. I'm on again? Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, yeah, so where on. was I now? So, okay. After when I got, when was it that I decided to, oh, okay. So then I started thinking, all right, I want to get more into marketing because I was really enjoying that side of it and wanted you know to spend more time doing that. So my dad's other friend owned a marketing company in Rochester. So I started working there and now I'm realizing I should thank my dad for all these opportunities and for having these good friends. But um i started working at the marketing company and i was there for probably 5 i think about 5 years and i started there i was this assistant sales manager and i would do like training and and all that kind of stuff and then it got to a certain point where i remember it was like a really slow sales day and i kind of got frustrated with trying to train the sales reps and you know motivate them so i was like all right i'm just going to get on the phone and and sell so i did and did really, really well. It was like a two day time frame I did this for. And I remember our CFO came up to me at the end of one of the days and he was like, Are you starting to do the math on on what you'd be making if you were actually in sales? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm starting to do the math on what we would be making if you were actually in sales too. Mm-hmm. So it just became kind of a an easy transition. It was an easy decision. Um, and then once I did that, I started working with state farm agents because it was something that I knew I had already been doing marketing right. for them for a while, but that's when I really started to teach myself about SEO and how that worked. Cause obviously there was a foundation, you know, learning from the company I was at about like the products, but I was able to learn how to take the same concepts and apply them to the insurance industry. Cause mm-hmm. it's obviously a little bit different than, a roofing contractor or something like that. So, um, I was there for five years. So this past January, um, 2019, I decided I wanted to get out of Rochester, which I've been saying for years and years and years, but just, you know, for whatever reason made the jump and did it. Um, Mm. and then it was a few weeks after I moved down here in March that I said, you know what, I've also always wanted to own my own business. So, now that I've done one crazy move like this, I'm going to do another. And I started Uptown Marketing. Mm.
0: And so when you first got to Dallas, Uptown Dallas, were you working for a state farm agency down there? Or did you just go down there and, and start opening up this this marketing firm that you have?
2: No. So I actually worked remote um, for my okay. old company for a couple of weeks. But it was, right. I mean, I literally think it was maybe two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then of made the jump. And, and
1: right. it's one of those things, you know, I have several friends that own advertising agencies. A lot of them are more the more generalist, you know, advertising agencies. And one thing that that struck me about you when we initially talked a few months ago is every friend I have that runs an ad agency that's a generalist agency says if they could go back, right. they would be niche. Right. Right and every time I hear one of them say that, I think nobody really does that in insurance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's when you know you and I first started talking that's what I I liked about your business so much is that you know you're super niche therefore you can be the best in the world at what you're doing right
2: yeah yeah I just think it's like work smarter not harder you know what I mean it's it's a it's the way to become an expert in something is just to really hone in and focus on one specific industry and it's something that I've already known my entire life. So it just kind of makes sense.
1: Right. And, and you get, you probably get, you know, from a consistency standpoint, you probably get a lot of the same, same questions a lot. You know, you see a lot of the same struggles, you see a lot of the same obstacles. So you kind of know what the game plan is before you even have the game plan. Mm.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. it definitely helps. So
1: Martina, since
0: you've opened up in March of 2019 and you've niched the insurance business, you know it would seem to me like a uh, a no brainer that you would work with state farm agents because you've got so much experience in that world and you, under, you know you, when you're with a captive carrier i don't care which one you're with you as an agent employee whatever it may be you you kind of you have a good flavor of that company and 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 the the culture and what it's like and If you walk into a state farm agency in Rochester and you walk into a state farm agency in Dallas, you still get it. You know what they're doing every Mm -hmm. day, right? So have you focused primarily on state farm agents or are you, is your, is your firm just working specifically with insurance agents across the board there?
2: We are specific to state farm. I think we have maybe a very small handful, maybe three independent Mm -hmm. agents, right? Um, but to me, it's just, I would rather know for a fact that I'm going to be able to do the best possible job for someone. And I don't right. necessarily know the ins and outs of an all state right. in the same way or, right. you know what I mean? Independence right. a little bit different because right. it's almost a little more generic. Whereas right. all state, you know, has totally different compliance restrictions that I'm not really aware of. Um, you know, so the captive carriers, I want to stick with state farm sure um,
1: well, I, but, I understand that. and the, at the end of the day i mean we're all agents we all have struggles you know mm-hmm. that's that's one thing that we've realized through this podcast whether we talk to a state farm and all state or or, or an, an independent agent it's all the same issues it's mm-hmm. just a matter of it's a different version of right. that issue right you know? you're exactly right um, yeah i mean i have way more problems now as an independent than i had as a than i had right. as a captive you know right. so <laughs> so so martina
0: let's talk a little let's get down to the Nuts and bolts of this podcast today. So, I'm speaking more to our listening audience today. What I want to challenge each of you to do is take out a sheet and paper, go stop your car if you're driving, and, and don't want you to have a wreck or something like that. But, stop <laughs> your car, take out a pen and paper, and let's write down some actionable steps and specifically talk a little bit to insurance agents today about SEO and, uh, and, and, and things that agents can do to improve, and I, I'll be honest with you, uh, representing 250,000 insurance agents listening to this right now, I th- I'm i not sure we don't start with the word SEO. What What does the word SEO mean? And then kind of work our way through some actionable steps that they can take to get better.
2: Yeah, and I'm glad you said that because SEO is one of those terms that a lot of people think they understand. Stand or know mm. what it means when really they have no idea so right. seo stands for search engine optimization and it's the process of optimizing your website and the rest of your online presence in a way that's going to make a search engine prioritize it in the results meaning show up higher on the first page right um so what's tricky about it For me in particular and our state farm clients, and I mean, all states going to have similar restrictions, Mm -hmm. independent, depending, you know, can also have these as traditional SEO starts on your website. Mm -hmm. It's called on-page SEO. Um, And that involves like doing coding and all that kind of thing Mm -hmm. on the back end that I have no idea how to do, nor do I ever want to learn how to do that because it just seems crazy complicated. But that's traditional SEO. And a lot of times I'll have agents... Say to me, Well, we can't do SEO. We can't do SEO. Well, that's not necessarily true because there's a second way to do SEO, which is called off page SEO. So that's basically saying, Okay, everything besides your website, what can we do to help a search engine prioritize it mm-hmm. in search results? Um, and there's a lot of different things you can do. So that's a, another reason that this niche is so important is because we have to learn and we have to understand how to work around not being able to do the traditional form of SEO which right. is on the website itself um, so when we're talking about tips for people to do there's there's ways that you can influence SEO on your own um, you know of course there's going to be certain <clears throat> things that you're going to want to have a company help you with but one of the biggest things that people miss out on is the content that's on their website. Mm-hmm. Google reads your website, they scan it, you know, they read every word on it. Mm -hmm. And it's not just the coding piece of it on the back end. It's the front end. What is the content on here? So they're trying to figure out a way. I mean, think about when we do a search on Google, how quick do the results come up? Quick. Very quick. So Mm -hmm. Google has to figure out a way to sift through the billions of pieces of information that are on the Internet. Think about how much content is on the Internet Mm -hmm. and how quick. They decide what's the best match for my search. Mm-hmm. So if I type in insurance, how are they going to that quickly decide what's going to be the best result mm-hmm. for me based on where I'm located, based on, you know, a bunch of different factors. Scott. So the content Do you know ahead. where
1: the best place to hide a dead body is? Page two of Google. Correct. Yeah. Or the first page of Bing.
2: <laughs> Ooh, I've never heard that one. I like that one. <laughs>
1: Sorry, But no, you're
2: absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I mean, as consumers now, we just want what's quickest and what's easiest and what's right in front of our face. So if your agency is not right in front of someone's face, they're going to call somebody that is. Um, So the website, the keywords that are on your website, you want to pay attention to. Now, I know that State Farm can go in. They have different systems that they can go in and change the content. One of the things that we do at Uptown is create content for you, help you, you know, go onto your website and change it all. But other, you know, whether it's an independent agent, whether it's an Allstate agent, I'm pretty sure Allstate, there is ways you can do this as well, change the content, but it's important to do it in the right way. A lot of times we'll see somebody has made the attempt to help the SEO on their website and they'll have the word insurance listed out over and over and over again. And a bunch of zip codes thrown in there. And mm-hmm. it's not a natural way that a consumer would read and be able to get content and Google's smarter than that now, mm-hmm. you know, they, they can see right through that and they want to make sure, I mean, think about as a consumer, we want the best results. Right, yeah. and Google wants to make sure they keep providing us with the best result. Otherwise, we're going to use a different search engine. So when they see stuff that they think is not necessarily going to be the best result, they'll keep it moving and and pick somebody else. So when you, it's called keyword stuffing. When you just shove a bunch of insurance-related words on top of each other in your your website, it doesn't make any sense. What you want to do is put those keywords in there absolutely, but you want to almost tell a story with it and make it appear in more of a natural way than just listing them out over and over. That's a very common um misconception that I see a lot.
1: I had a buddy send me another agent's microsite a couple of weeks ago and the, the the agent had put like every single little tiny community just like shoved it in there with the zip code. Like, yeah. like Pritchard, Alabama insurance, three, six, five, three, six, six, one, like, like every single one. Yeah. And and it was like, we were just laughing. He was, he was, he sent it to me cause he thought it looked weird and was funny and I was like, well, Google's going to think that's weird as well. And Absolutely. you would be better off picking one community and cultivating, you know, curating content around that mm-hmm. than just listing every, Every dang thing under the sun. So you know?
0: so Martina, I've got a question related to what Bradley just said, and you may or may not know the answer to this, I don't know. But on my I have a, a Google business page for each of my three locations of my insurance agency. So should I keep three separate Google business pages or would it be more advantageous for me to have one Google business page and have the multiple locations listed on that page? Do you, do you know the answer to that?
2: I do. So Google My Business is all about local search. You want those mm-hmm. businesses to appear in the map section. That's really the purpose of Google My Business. Mm-hmm. So if, I'm assuming they're all three different physical locations. They
0: are. Each one's probably 60 miles from each other.
2: Oh, my gosh. And absolutely, definitely need to have them separate because you want somebody searching near one of them to be able to find that one. If Mm -hmm. if you were to take those two away, Mm -hmm. you know, you're only really going to be able to show up close to the one, you know, that you have the page for. So you definitely want to keep those individual.
0: So I guess the, the reason you would want to have one Google business page is if you had, like, say, a restaurant or even an insurance agency but all of your locations were in a kind of the same proximity around a bigger city or something like that. It might be more advantageous to do it that way.
2: No, actually not even think about McDonald's or Starbucks. Uh You know, we have different physical locations because again, part of the purpose of Google, my business is the maps. That's how we get our driving directions. Um, that's how we leave reviews. So if there's, a Starbucks in West Village, Dallas, mm. and I have a bad experience there and I go to leave a, a negative review, right? We wouldn't want that to affect the sure, you know, Starbucks a couple miles down the road. So that, actually every physical location needs its own Google My Business address.
0: Got you. Okay. And does that help your SEO having a Google My Business page? Is that is that one thing that can help you?
2: absolutely i mean Mm -hmm. that is your seo when it comes Mm -hmm. to google because again when you when we do a search and you Mm -hmm. see the map you guys know what i'm talking about when i say the map right Right. Mm -hmm. if you click on that that listing is your google my business listing so you guys are familiar with looking at it from the back end where you log in you can respond to reviews you can change zip codes around stuff like that but the front end is really what everybody else sees that is your seo and and there's a actually a page on Google. So if everyone's got their pens and paper and wants to write this down, type into Google improve my local rank on Google. Okay. So that is a help page that back when I was at my old company and we were developing the SEO program for State Farm agents, mm-hmm. we would use that page because Who's going to tell us better what Google wants than Google themselves? You know they have a whole
0: support. Yeah, say it one more time. Improve my local what now?
2: Improve my local rank on Google.
0: On Google, so you have to type all that in, and then it will pop up a page that you can go to, and that page will start what giving you instructions on how to improve your local uh,
2: rank. It does. Yeah. So I, okay. I feel like I have this page memorized, but yeah, it's a make sure it, it says support.google.com. Obviously mm-hmm. a bunch of backslashes, but it's a, it's a mm-hmm. Google article and it, it'll touch on one of the first things it says is you can improve your local rank by mm-hmm. using Google, my business. That's mm-hmm. the first line mm-hmm. on it. Um, so it will, it will kind of give you like a broad overview of what right. you need to do. Obviously right. there's a lot more to it. They're not going to give you all the secrets. Um, You know, and their algorithm, they keep confidential, they change it constantly. But what they do share is there's three main factors that they look at when they're deciding who they're going to show. The first one is location. Mm -hmm. So that's why having the physical location is so important to tie one to a business page. You know, we want to make sure that we can get results that are close enough to us, Uh not necessarily the closest, but Mm -hmm. close enough within a reasonable distance of our, our own physical location. Right. So the first one is location and distance. Um, The second one is relevance. Mm -hmm. So when Google goes out all over the Internet and they check for all kinds of information, they obviously check your website, they check your directory listings, they check any articles written about you, everything. Uh Um, They're looking for relevant content. So if we go back to those keywords – when we're putting in insurance over and over it's because we want to appear relevant for an insurance search Mm -hmm. right so that's really the purpose of keywords is to build relevance Mm -hmm. and build relevant content not just on your website but all over the internet Mm -hmm. Um, and then the third one is prominence. so prominence is a bunch of different things go into prominence it's your reputation how long have you been in business you know a lot of times somebody will say well this older agent you know he doesn't write any business Mm. why is he showing up ahead of me on google well one thing that he's got is that he's been around a lot longer so google Mm. can trust his website more than they can trust one that's been around for a year or two sure so prominence is that third one another thing that goes into prominence is um online reviews and reputation so Uh, that's where your google reviews come in your yelp reviews facebook all that good stuff
0: right Now, um, in terms of SEO, obviously all this can help. What are some other things that you see insurance agents not doing that could improve their SEO in terms of just, uh, you know, as Mike Stromso says, big door swing on little hinges? You know, you make a few tweaks here, you make a few tweaks there, all of a sudden you've kind of stepped up about four or five spots on the Google rankings.
2: Yeah. You know, one thing that's very underrated when it comes to SEO is social media use. So Facebook, you know, having a consistent, and when I say consistent, I don't mean just attaching, like I know State Farm uses hearsay social. I know there's, you know, other services like that, that post the generic post. But when you're active on Facebook, when you're engaging with people, you're responding to comments, when you have a consistent Mm -hmm. presence on Facebook, that helps Google a lot. Think about Two of the biggest sites, obviously Google, but Facebook is right up there. Mm, So Facebook is a huge information send to Google. You know, Google checks Facebook with a very high authority compared to a lot of other different places. So that's something that I don't know that most people necessarily will tie together because usually you think, you know, social media is very tied to just the site that you're on, but it's actually, you know, your social media use is going to be a big factor in your prominence score and your relevant score.
1: Well, and the thing is, too, with generic content, whether it's hearsay social or, you know, maybe I think Hootsuite has a product now where they'll do generic content. Um, there's a project I'm working on in the, on the in, in the independent channel where we're creating something for agents to pull content from. Um it's checking the box and doing that is way better than not doing anything. Right. You know, I mean, yeah. if you're just not going to do, if you're just somebody's like, look, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not creative. I think you need to try to create your own content, but if you're not going to do it, hire somebody to do it or sign up with one of these services. It's better than having absolutely nothing, you know, <laughs>
2: Absolutely, it it definitely is. I always would recommend, you know, if you are dead set on you're not going to be posting consistently, you don't want to have anyone in your office do it, then I definitely recommend checking that box rather than do nothing. But it it goes a long way to even just have somebody in your office, you know, once a week do a post, once a week, twice a week, go on and engage with some people. Um, You know, the agents that I work with that have a very big Facebook presence. They get business from Facebook all the time and it's not from running ads. It's from they just have such a big presence. Think about the difference between like, uh, so often everybody does direct mail. You know, everybody wants to do direct mail or or does it for whatever reason. But compare it to Facebook, the amount of times that you check your mailbox or the amount of times you're on Facebook all day.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know what I mean? It's, it's insane. We're staring at Facebook almost all day long. Um, So... It,
1: and one thing that, you know, as far as like being on social media, you know, I, uh, me and my wife have had this conversation before, you know, I'm the kind of person, I'm going to check it 12 times a day. Mm-hmm. and That's me being concerned. That's me being being bashful because it's probably more than that. But I'm going <laughs> to check it 12, 12 times a day in a business sense. Mm-hmm. And my wife yeah. is a type of person and I, I absolutely wish I was this type of person that she can go 18 hours without looking at it. Right. And, but I know the ebb and flow and there's been opportunities that I've picked up because I'm on there and I'm, and I'm searching, a lot of times I'm searching some of these community groups and looking for people saying, Hey, anybody need an insurance agent, you know, or anybody, I'm looking, I need an insurance quote. And so, um, by doing those kind of things, not only do you get those opportunities, but you kind of can feel the ebb and the flow. You know, one thing that struck me, um, I don't know if you picked up on this, but when we were up at VaynerMedia, um, they, Gary has about five people on his team and their title is community Management. And they're not replying to comments or anything like that because he's very sharp on he replies to all if he replies, it's him. But they are looking. They are. They are. Not only are they looking for for opportunities for people who have maybe commented and and they can either take that and turn it to a piece of content or somebody to schedule a call with or somebody to reply with. But they're also like going and seeing what's trending and things like that to pick up the ebb and the flow of 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 how things are going. Mm-hmm. So that's something that you can do as well for yourself.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean. I would say 100% of my marketing for Uptown is done on Facebook. And it's interesting because at my old company, because I used to do, you know, similar things there, I had a non-compete. So I was never reaching out to my old clients. But the way the agreement worked out, if they reached out to me then it was fine. Well, just by being friends on Facebook with all my old clients, having my business page on Facebook, I ended up getting a lot of those same clients because they just mm-hmm. knew I was there. So Facebook is really just having people know you're there goes a very, very long way, a lot more than people realize. And especially once you get in and you're doing the engagement and mm-hmm. you know, you're know you making yourself known It's, it's huge and it's very undervalued. I think
1: maybe you just like a post, you know, we, we just hired a new, a new team member, a new agent at our office and she's wanting to network with some realtors and lenders and she's has not done that before. And so she's not your typical insurance agent where, you know, she's friends with every lender and realtor in town. But I told her, I was like, here's what you do. I said, you go on Facebook and you find every, every lender and every realtor. And I sent her a, a list of the top 10 lenders in our County And you friend request them. I was like, and you absolutely do not send them a direct message. Hey, Tom, you know, you don't do that. I said, what you're going to do is you're going to go in, you're going to wait a couple of days after they accept your friend request, not immediately. And you're going to like a couple of their posts comment, genuine comments, like you have such a beautiful family or that's cool. I didn't know that genuine Mm -hmm. comments to the content that they're posting and engage with them. And what's going to happen is that algorithm is then going to throw your post up in their feed. And then Uh you kind of engage with them. And I told her, I think I told her 45 days, which may be a little bit extreme, but I told her, I said about 45 days, then you're going to send the right hook. Mm -hmm. Then you're going to send the message of, Hey, Tom, you know, we've been engaging with each other. I would love to grab coffee. And, and just start, start, you're, you're building a relationship with that person. You know, it's, you're not gonna, you're not gonna walk into a bar and ask every guy in the bar out immediately. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You're (laughs) not going to go for the right hook. You're going to build that relationship first. So anyway,
2: yeah that's interesting. You say that I have, my girls do the same thing on Facebook, just send friend requests. And then, you know, when you do send a, a prospecting email, they recognize your name. They've already seen pictures of you. And then, you know, the longer you're friends with people on Facebook, you genuinely become friends. You become, you know, you're watching each other's lives. You're seeing people, you know, go through things. You see people get married, have babies on social media, and you feel like you really are friends with them. So it it does create that relationship. And it's cool that we can do that not in person anymore because it it allows us so much opportunity now.
0: So I've got another question for you, Martina. Google mm-hmm. owns YouTube. Is that correct? Am Google. I right? Am I correct. right about that? Google owns you YouTube. You are correct. Okay.
2: You are correct. How, the
0: how, mothership. Yeah. How, how does YouTube play into all this SEO stuff or, or does it, I, I don't know.
2: You know, it, that's a very, one of those things where in other industries, it's more important. Whereas with insurance, it's tricky. I mean, state farm, it's not compliant to do any videos really. Right. Um, I think, you know, they're kind of adjusting that or making some exceptions to it. But for the most part, videos are non-compliant. So as long as you don't talk about never, insurance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or say state farm anything. But um it's definitely very, very relevant. But at the same time, it's one of those things where it's like why I try to steer state farm agents away from Twitter is because it's just it's not where you need to be investing the time into because it's very rare that somebody's gonna click on a YouTube video of you know an insurance agent talking and and you can get the same like I'm trying to think of the right way to say this but basically there's other other areas that you should be investing time in as an insurance agent now if you're a different industry it may make more sense it may make more sense to build the videos put them on YouTube put them on your website um, and like there's there's ways to incorporate videos it's not necessarily going to be you creating them and uploading them on YouTube, but for an insurance agent, like what we do with our directory listings, just to get the video content up there, because it is important is we'll link out to state farms, YouTube channel. Yeah. Kind of a backlink. Yeah, exactly. A backlink. Yep.
0: So what other areas, is there anything relevant to SEO that we need to talk about that could help these agents listening to our show right now that, maybe don't they're like me they don't know much about SEO but they they need to get they need to improve on it is there anything else they can do out there that you can think of that would help them
2: yeah i w- i would like to touch on reviews because reviews are like i tend to see a lot of either a people doing too many too fast or yeah. b people not doing enough at all so those are both problems and again it goes back to google smarter than we realize they know if you If you tell your team, everybody's going to get $10 for every review they get in this next week, well, they're going to go crazy. They're going to ask everybody, friends, family. They're just going to want that $10 per review. Those aren't genuine reviews of your business from happy customers. What you want to do is get a process in place, have tools that you can use that make it easy for customers to leave reviews, but make it genuine and make it at a time when it's organic and it's not... You know, you just asking every single person go in and do it. If you have a really good conversation with somebody, train your team. If they have a really good conversation with somebody, definitely ask. Definitely. I mean, we have a text link that people can text out to their clients, yeah. um, email, stuff like that. But it, it, you really want it to be genuine. There's you know, a way and, for
1: you to create a link, right, Martina, where, because what I see a lot of agents do, they're like, hey, leave us a review, go to Google, type in John Smith State Farm, go, but there's a way for you to create a like, a, like a Bitly link for when they click on that link, it pops up and the five stars are already filled out, correct?
2: Correct. Yeah. So there's a bit.ly link that's for texting. So either through SF Connect is their system or, you know, whatever. You can text it directly to someone. They click to it right from their phone and it'll bring them to the exact spot. There's also links that will put in an email signature. So either you can email it directly out to somebody or just as you're going back and forth with somebody, they can click on it.
1: What's a bit bitly? bitly 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 is a it's a link shortener so instead of sending somebody a a, a a web website URL that's like eighteen pages long you can paste it in bitly and it'll shorten it
0: what how do you spell bitly
1: b i t l y oh, okay um, you know one thing that that we've we've had a lot of success in getting some google reviews at our agency and my wife has as well is is we not, we not only we ask for a review but say hey will you leave me a five star review All right. And I think, and we we we've never gotten anybody done a, has done a four. You know what I mean? Like, because what I hate yeah. when people I hate when I see reviews and people are like, "Great service, awesome experience." Scott's great, four stars. Yeah. Like,
2: yeah, that's so fun. Me and my boyfriend were talking about this the other day. To just be like, yes or no, you had a good experience or a bad experience? Because the two, three, and four. I mean, come on.
1: It's black and white. It's it's either one star or five. Right. Like, you can't have yeah. a good experience and it be a four star. Right. You know, exactly. It, it's and, like
2: where? How do we get the the last star from them?
1: And it's always these daggum people with the freaking local guide check mark by their name that are the ones that leave the four stars. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. it's like I can't yeah. leave you four stars or my five stars. They're just coveted that last star. You know? Right. <laughs> but but anyway, uh, you know, by saying hey, leave me a five star review, it either. I think maybe subconsciously it, the people who wouldn't leave five stars don't and the people who like are the type of people to leave a review, they kind of feel obligated to do five stars, you know.
2: hmm Yeah, and another thing too, where you can kind of sneak more SEO into the reviews is having them mention what specific lines of insurance you helped with or, mm-hmm. you know, were yep. working on you know, makes the relevance go up.
0: So so I got a question for you. You talked about the reviews on Google need to be organic and genuine. They don't need to be too fast. Are you telling me that those reviews kind of need to be slow dripped into Google? Is that, is it, you know, like one or two a week is better than putting 15 reviews at one time on there.
2: Yeah, definitely. Okay. Absolutely. That's, that's usually I say two to three per month. Mm. If you're starting yeah. lower then you want to maybe do one a week. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's, it's very hard to find 15 very, very happy, genuine customers in one day. And that's unfortunately right. a lot of times people say, well, yeah, I mean, we're almost at 200 and it's like, we'll slow down a little bit because mm. it has to be organic.
1: Well, and here's the thing. I mean, just there's, there's no way to game the system. You right. can't, there's not a hack, Correct. you know, you can't text 200 of your friends and think that that's going to make up for you not focusing on Google reviews. Right. Um, you know, you, 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 just do it the right way. Yeah. Yeah. You
2: know? Do it the right way. Exactly. That's, that's a huge, huge piece of advice is so often, like there's so many companies that will guarantee this. Anytime somebody says guarantee, if they're talking about <laughs> online marketing, you need to hang up the phone because there are none. I wish there were, but there are not, you know, it's very, there's a, a formula and a process that typically works. But unfortunately, the reality of the internet is that it's out of our control. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, completely.
0: So, so let's end the podcast today. I want to talk about reputation management. What happens when Bradley, besides absolutely losing his mind, what happens when he gets a bad review? And and is there anything you can do, or is it best just to, just to leave it there and respond to that review in a a thoughtful, meaningful way? what What's the what's the deal there?
2: So you always, always, always want to respond to every review. Right. Um, That's something that we do for our agents. If it's a good review, you know, we'll just write a nice little message. But a bad review, you want to actually look into the situation. Think about a bad review. If you respond to it in the right way, it can actually turn into an opportunity for you. If, If you just say, sorry, you had a bad experience, you know, better luck next time. What's better is what we usually do is make our agents look into what happened. You know, look this person up in your system, talk to your team, figure out the situation. So when we respond, anybody that's looking at this negative review sees, you know, your side of the story and sees that you it looks like you went above and beyond to actually address the real issue versus just saying, you know, sorry.
1: That's the first thing I look at when I'm looking at a business is I go to the bad reviews and I see if they've responded mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. they respond. Don't be a smart aleck, uh, you know, right. genuinely respond, right. you know, right. um, what yeah, thing- and go ahead.
2: I was going to say insurance agents are huge ego people. So oh, yeah. a lot of times I have some guys that are like, can we respond this, this, and this? And I'm like, well, no, we, we can't swear back. We can't say <laughs> this, we can't say that. But they just get so mad yeah. and it's like, we got to calm down and respond in the right way. And,
1: and you can get a, i I'm not saying that a, that a one-star review is bad. I mean, I think in some cases it may be a good thing. It shows that you're human, you know, but yeah. you can get them removed. I did get one removed um, about a year ago. And it was because the person used a pseudonym for their name. And and I reported it to Google and said, hey, this is not a real client. It's not a real person. And they removed it in about a week. So you can get them removed.
2: they're they're tricky to get removed. They're getting tougher. I know Yelp, a lot of people struggle with, you know, A, their good reviews showing, and B, their bad reviews getting flagged and going away. Um, They have a very, very tricky algorithm, but... Yeah, you can get them removed in the right circumstances. If you do buy Yelp's
1: ads, they'll remove all your reviews. <laughs> I don't know. what the, I
2: hate Yelp. But oh, me
1: too. Yeah.
0: So, Martina, before we leave today, I want you to do me a favor. If, if you're a state farm agent out there and you're listening to this podcast. Or any agent. Or any independent agent and you need some help with SEO and and some other areas that you work in, how do they get in touch with you if they want to reach out to you?
2: So they can email me. So my email is Martina at UptownMarketing.com. Our business Facebook page is just Uptown Marketing. Um, my phone number is right on the business page, uh, emails on the business page, and then our website, obviously, UptownMarketing.com.
1: And if, and if you guys you know want to reach out to us, we can put you in touch with her as well.
2: Yeah, definitely. Absolutely.
0: Well, I, I really appreciate you
1: being on the show today. Actually, I, I've written down just about he's, every word that you said. He's written down more. He writes. Oh, Scott's a note taker. You know, they talk about partnering up with people who are opposite of you. You know, when Scott and I go to a conference yeah. or we go to meet with an agent, I don't even take notes because <laughs> I don't like taking notes. One, but I know he's got it and he'll transcribe it because mm-hmm. he's going to send it to his team and he just loops me in that email. Right. But uh, uh, but he's he's taking more notes I think in this podcast than 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 he has at any. Any of the other ones we've done today. Oh, yeah. I'm
2: glad. Well, I'm glad.
1: I just appreciate you being on here, guys. Listen, I'm going to close this thing out now. I'm going to
0: say this: you need to get on the social media bandwagon. Learn what works. Learn what doesn't work. Uh, follow a, Martina's advice on trying to get yourself up in the Google rankings. Uh, you know, what do people do when they look for insurance? Well, they go to what you know they they start that process by going to somewhere like Google. Or looking at a Facebook ad, and uh, they start looking at your agency and looking into who who you got on on your team, and and, and they start stalking you like a crazy ex girlfriend does sometimes, or crazy <laughs> ex boyfriend. And so you got you got to be on there. You know the days of going and taking out your full page yellow page ad are over, and now it's it's getting on the social media platforms and making that happen, and it will improve. The number of phone calls that come into your agency or to to you as the agent. So uh, it's very important to do. But get your ass out from behind that desk today and go out into the big bad world and sell insurance. Make money for your family, for your kids, for your wife, your husband, your parents that are struggling. Go make money for them and write good business for the agencies that you represent and write good business for the companies that you represent. Bradley Flowers, I love you. Love you too, buddy. Thanks, Martina.
2: Thanks, guys.
0: Hey, anytime. I'll reach out to you later. We'll talk a little bit more. And guys, you are listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. We love you, and we'll see you back here. You'll say, Take care. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys Podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at the online.com or email me at iProtectins at gmail.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to BradleyflowersInsurance.com or email him at Bradley at SaraLand Guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to being with you again real soon on the next episode of The Insurance Guys. Take care.